Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, and verse number 4. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem, Unto Babylon. Build ye houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and begat or give birth to sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, and that they may be increased there and not diminished. Verse number seven. It says, and seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof, in the peace thereof, shall ye have peace. And I want us to pray here and just ask for God's help, but the theme now, or the thought for this morning is this, that I love my city, love my city. God called us here 34 years ago. And I can tell you that we have learned to love this place more and more and more. Now, is it perfect? No, it's not at all. But is God working here? I can promise you in 34 years, I've seen God do some big things. God has really changed this city for the good and for his glory in 34 years. And I rejoice in that. Amen? And we're thankful. This church is thankful for this community that God has placed us in. The Heavenly Father, I pray you should help us and speak to our hearts now and lead us now in this time, we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. I love this passage here in Jeremiah, but the book of Jeremiah really is, it's a sad book, but it also is kind of an attention grabber, if you would. What happens is that God is working and dealing with his people, the nation of Israel. And so Israel was God's chosen nation, God's chosen people in the Old Testament, and it was that people that he worked through in a mighty way. In other words, God gave the word of God. It's got the oracles of God. God gave the word of God to the nation of Israel. So through different uh, men of God, as they were moved, as God moved on their hearts, they took and they penned and they wrote down uh, the, the words that we have throughout the Old Testament. And so God gave that word of God to the nation of Israel. Not only that, God gave to them amazing promises in Abraham and how that he would bless a people and how they'd raise up a people, the nation of Israel. And God gave to them amazing promises just in the goodness of God. But unfortunately what happened, and this had happened before, was that Israel began to drift further and further away from God. And at some point it became more than a drift. It became like a freight train running down a hill, right, with no brakes. I mean, they were just turning and going away from God. And so God raised up many different prophets along the way that said to them, turn back to God, turn back to God. And at times that's exactly what happened. But at this time, 
Although the prophet said, turn back to God, they just kept going further and further away from the Lord. So God raised up the prophet Jeremiah, and this is interesting. When God raised up Jeremiah, the message of Jeremiah was not turn back to God and God will forgive you or that God will be merciful to you. Rather, the message of Jeremiah was this, tell my people that they will, not maybe, but they will be carried away into captivity. They didn't believe Jeremiah. They thought he was conspiring with the Babylonians uh, and all of that that took place. But the message of Jeremiah was, you are going away into captivity. Now, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. The very next book after this is called Lamentations, lamenting, crying, being brokenhearted. And Jeremiah never gave this message gleefully, but he gave this message with a broken heart that the people of God are going to be carried away. Now, when they got carried away and they settled then, and they were, they were forced, they were carried away, and as they settled into different cities in Babylon, in the empire of Babylon, you would think that they would be you know, upset and, and grieved and, and, and mad and sad and pouting and all of those different things. So God sends to them this message now in Jeremiah 29 that we just read, and basically God says, look, you're going to be here a while. In fact, the prophecy was they were going to be there for 70 years. And he said, I don't want you to waste these 70 years. I want you to actually grow and increase during that time in these 70 years. So God gives to them this message and says, while you were there in Babylon, I want this to be a productive time for you. I don't want you just to pull back and to pout if you would, but I want for this to be a productive time for you. Remember uh, two, three years ago, uh, there was a pastor that was here in the area and he had started a ministry which was called New Mexico Praise, okay? Not to praise the Lord, although that's a really good thing, but New Mexico Praise. And that kind of spread out from there around the country and in places also around the world. And when we were gathered together one time, different pastors were there, the mayor of our city was there. He challenged us from this verse right here that we see in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 7. I had read this verse so many times. But it had never stood out to me like when he emphasized it. And since then, it's always been just a really influential verse for me. But it says this in verse number 7. It says, and seek, and seek the peace of this city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for the peace. This is amazing. And we'll come to this in the message. For the peace thereof shall ye have peace. If Rio Rancho, if... Albuquerque has the peace of God on it, then guess what? We get the benefit of that, right? You know, if the city's doing well, then we get the benefit of that. I mean, if it's horrible and terrible and crime is increasing and all these different bad things are happening, then we bear the brunt of that and we bear uh, the negative part of that. But if God is working in our city and if God is doing a work in our city, then we get to enjoy the blessing of that. Now, let me just say this personal, but this is super exciting. Back five years ago, and I couldn't pin it exactly, but fi back five years ago, was talking to the mayor of our city. I had just been elected uh, and was, was talking to him about this. And we said, he said, uh, I'd been a part of a Bible study that's not going on anymore. And I would like for you to pray about it. I'd like for you to consider having a Bible study one day during the week that I could be a part of. And I said, yes, and I'll pray about it, but yes, amen. 
And so we started that thing over five years ago, and what a blessing that it's been. So every Tuesday morning, used to be at Chick-fil-A till everything closed down, so now we actually have it here. It's about 12 guys that gather together, uh, and the mayor's there, and we read from the Word of God, and then we have a prayer time together. Now here's the reason why I said yes, okay, and then uh, we've carried forward with this, and been faithful with that week after week throughout all of the, this time, throughout all these years. The reason why I said yes to that is here's what I knew all the way back then, and that is that if our mayor is growing in his walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's saved, he goes to another Baptist church, he teaches Sunday school class and all that. If our mayor is growing in the Lord, then that's only going to bring more blessing on our city. Amen? And that's a really good thing. Whenever we have, uh, you know, pastors fellowships around the city and whenever we have pastors fellowships, of pastors that are around the state and we gather together there's always some pastors that want to bargain and they want to trade mayors with us and I said no he's a keeper we're keeping him you have a Bible study with your own mayor amen but what happens is is that when God is doing a work in our life then everyone who's a part of that gets the blessings of that and the goodness of that and that is something that is so important now in your bulletin there there is some blanks there's an outline with some blanks in it I'd encourage you if you would to write down some words, and by doing that, maybe the truths or the message will stick with you just a little bit more. This is what is so interesting, and I said this already, and that is that God says to his people, he says then to Israel, uh, you disobeyed, uh, you, you went further and further in disobedience, and uh, you didn't care about God, you didn't care about the things of God, so now you're carried away into captivity in a strange land, and now you are under servitude, and you have masters over you, and all of those things that's happened in your life, but he says, listen, you're going to be in different cities scattered out all around Babylon, the nation of Babylon, and when you're there, I want you to, in essence, I want you to participate in what's happening in that life or that community that's all around you. I don't know why it is that Christians sometimes feel like that we don't need to participate or we don't need to be a part of the city or of the community. We don't need to vote. We don't need to uh, voice our opinion. We don't need to try to stand and take positions. We don't need to volunteer and serve on different communities uh, or on different, uh, different groups like the, the school board and things like that. We think then that we don't need to do those things. But let me assure you, if we don't do it, somebody will do it. And if born-again believers are not doing it, then it's possible that whatever that group is, whatever that influential group is, that they might be going more away from God or more just in a worldly direction if the people of God are not doing it. So here's what God says to him, and it's so interesting. In verse number five, he says, when you're there, you're going to be carried away to all these different cities in Babylon. When you're there, I want you to build houses, okay? So I want you to settle down. I want you to put roots in uh, in the ground, and I want you to, to stick and to stay. I want you then to build houses. Let me just say that there's a survey that, that, that has been taken, and I've heard this, uh, and that is that for any church that really has a profound impact on its community, really reaches people, really has an influence for God in their community, one of the commonalities always is this, a pastor went there, stayed for many, many years, and allowed God to use them, amen? Now, I'm not sure if we've been here a lot of years yet, 34, but we're still, by the grace of God, trying to stay here longer, amen? But God has done some things here. And so he says, I want you to go there and I want you to build houses. Then I want you to dwell in those houses. I want you to plant a garden. I want you to have fruit trees and to plant a fruit tree so that it will grow and that you'll be able to eat then of 
the fruits and of the food that you've planted. I want you to take wives. I want you to, for your sons and your daughters to marry. I want for them to have children. And I want for you to grow during the time that you're in Babylon and not decrease or diminish. We would understand this earlier that there was a great famine. Joseph then, God raised up Joseph. And Joseph was in Egypt and became the right-hand man for Pharaoh. So next under Pharaoh, he was the, had the most authority in all of Egypt, which was a world leader at that time. And so then Joseph now and all of his family, Jacob and, and all of the, the sons of Israel, and all of them came and they moved down to Egypt. Now while they were in Egypt, God blessed them, and they just like reproduced like bunnies, amen? They're just like... There's like Israelites all over the place. In fact, the Egyptians first became jealous and then became nervous about the fact that there were so many Israelites that were just springing up all over the place. So what happened is, is they went into Egypt a small number and they came out of Egypt a mighty army. And so they... They grew during that time. And God said, I want the same thing for you while you're here in Babylon. Now, let me assure you of this, that when we are here in a sin-cursed world with all the problems, we are going to have difficulties and we're going to have afflictions just because we are in this world. I believe that we should be looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. And I believe that we should be excited about heaven and looking forward to heaven. But listen to this statement. I don't think that we should be so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. God has put us here for a reason. And as we pass forward through this life, God intends to use us to make a difference in the people that are all around us. There's a pastor that I love, and it's Pastor Paul Chaplin. He's in Lancaster, California, and here's what he said, and I've heard him say this four or five times. This has been a big goal that he has had, and he's prayed about for years, and he said this. He said, I want for Lancaster Baptist Church to make such an impact on our city that in years to come, it would be impossible to write an accurate history about Lancaster, California without significantly mentioning our church. You know what they're saying? They're saying that while we're here, while we're in this city, in this strange land, in this pilgrim's land that we're in, while we're here, let's make a difference for the glory of God. Let's participate. Let's get involved. Let's make sure that we are doing those things that God has called for us to do. Now, there are those then, as we said already, that have some impact. The teacher, think about that for a moment. And that is how that you can affect and shape the life of all of those in the future. Helping to shape then the next generation and to be able to have an impact. I want to give to us just an idea or a thought with each one of these. Booker T. Washington, what an amazing, an amazing uh, uh, example this would be. He was born then, as you'll see in 1850, uh, I can't read to the back there, 1856, uh, and then he was born then just after or, or just right at the time of the Emancipation Proclamation where the slaves were free. So he grew up then as the very first generation that had more freedom, for a black person that had more freedoms in America than all of those before as they were brought over into slavery. Uh, there were still, even after emancipation, there was a lot, a lot of prejudices and a lot of groups actually that rose up in order to try to still afflict the black people and keep them in bondage. And they did different things with the land and, and uh, sharecropping where they tried to keep them in bondage and to keep them from really enjoying freedoms as they went forward. Now, one of those that really made a difference was 
was Booker T. Washington. He got permission from his mother because it was the responsibility of the men in the home to try to support their families now because now they had to earn money in order to be able to uh, buy the things that was necessary for them in life. So he got permission from her and he moved then over 200 miles away and he went to Hampton Institute, which now is Hampton University. Booker T. Washington believed that the path forward for him and for all of black people was to get an education. The slave masters knew that if the black people got an education, that they would be less likely to want to do hard manual labor. So they kept them uneducated and didn't allow them to be able to get this education. However, he pursued and he got an education himself and he did very, very well. You know this, no doubt, but he started and founded then the Tuskegee Institute, which then now became the Tuskegee uh, University, uh, and it was set up to be able to train black uh, young men and women uh, for them to be able to be prepared for life and to go forward, to be able to get a job and to be successful. As a part of that, he was one of the founders of the National uh, Negro Business League, and from that, they have just grown and, uh, and, and, and learned and gotten education, and it has been such an amazing blessing. Our country owes very, very much to the vision and the hard work of Booker T. Washington. You could say so much uh, in addition to that, but one of the other ones is, is that we want to look at politicians. Now, you would say then politicians is bad, politicians is terrible, politicians is a very negative thing. I realize that probably one group that gets talked about more negatively than preachers do is probably politicians, amen? And so, um, uh, I joke with the mayor, I said, I'm glad you're mayor and I'm pastor. I said, because you get way more grief than I do, amen? Because we deal in the spiritual realm, but politicians deal with political powers and then also the purse strings. And for some reason, whenever you put money attached to it, people just go crazy, amen? And they just want all of this and they go crazy about it. And one of the great examples, obviously, was politician was Abraham Lincoln. Also at the same time, and Abraham Lincoln had a great part, of course, in this emancipation that we just spoke of. Lincoln then had a great desire to really make a difference in his generation. The, the, the country was very divided and became somewhat more divided uh, as it went forth through his presidency, but it was going to be healed and come back together again. He was very dedicated to continuing uh, his run then for political office. And if you know the history, and I don't have time to list all of this, but Lincoln failed for more political runs than he did, than he was successful. But through that process, he became then the president of the United States. And through that, he used then uh, the strength that he'd gained from all of the failures uh, and all the people that had ridiculed him and spoken against him for him to lead our country very well through a very difficult time of the war and ultimately from that to gain freedoms for the black and to begin what could be a uh, a unification or a strengthening of our nation again. This is the example then of a self-sacrificing politician who genuinely cared about the good of the people over his own personal gain. And we're thankful for that. Then we would have, if you would, church leaders. Now, pastors and preachers and evangelists and that. And one of those that I thought of, and you may or may not know, is a man named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was raised up by God at a time where according to Billy Sunday's testimony, he said of America that liquor flowed like water. Because alcoholism and because of sin 
and debauchery was, was so much on the increase that it caused uh, many uh, breakup of the homes and it caused uh, many people with broken lives that had lost everything uh, and had been ruined and destroyed by alcohol and by sin in their life. And so Billy Sunday raised up, was a baseball player and very successful, uh, but God saved him through the um, Pacific Garden Mission uh, and he uh, rose up and he started then to preach the word of God. God used him in a greater way, in a greater way. Billy Sunday would go from place to place preaching the word of God. He hated liquor and he would always preach against liquor. One of the consequences very often of the meetings, the preaching meetings that he had in different cities was that the bar rooms would shut down in that city. Now, the reason why the bar rooms were shut down is not because the police came in and boarded up the doors or something. The reason why the bar room shut down was because there wasn't any people going to the bar room and drinking because so many people got saved. In fact, you may or may not know this, but in the song Chicago, Chicago, in the third verse of the original version of the song Chicago has this statement and it says, the town that Billy Sunday could not shut down. Now what they mean by that was, is that liquor did not go out or bar rooms did not all go out of business in Chicago. And obviously it was a very big and a bustling city at that time. And Billy Sunday said this, and he would declare, he said, I hate the devil. He said, I'm going to fight the devil with all my might. I'm going to chew on him until I have no teeth left. And then I'm going to gum him until the Lord takes me home. And that is just what Billy Sunday did. Amen. And he fought the devil and he fought the liquor crowd and he preached Jesus Christ and multitudes of people got saved. Now I want to say that all of this goes together to really have a difference and a profound impact on our daily lives. I don't know, for some of you here, you've been saved for many, many years. And some here are not saved and you know very little about Christianity. But I want to tell you this, that one of the reasons why America in the past has been one of the most blessed and most desirable nations where people and countries all around the world want to come to America, what makes America great is the morality and the lifestyle that comes from Christianity. It has affected and blessed our lives in so many ways. But you think about those that have made these investments. You think about those that teach other people. They don't necessarily do that to get rich or to make great money. Think about those for politicians and political leaders that have a passion like Abraham Lincoln did to really make a change and a positive good uh, in our communities and in our nation. And then for those who would, would teach and preach the word of God, for the most part in all those categories, people men and women are not doing it so that they can become rich or wealthy but for the most part they are doing it so that they might make an investment in the next generation no doubt most of us here have heard this poem the bridge builder by will annual uh, uh drum goal but here's the the poem uh, and if you have heard it listen again if you would that it might speak to our hearts it says the old man going a lone highway came at evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him, but he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, you are wasting your strength with the building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build this bridge at evening tide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I've come, he said. 
There followed after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been as naught to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building this bridge for him. We understand that the reason why people labor in our community in preaching the gospel and teaching the word of God for those who teach the youth to form young minds with, with information and character to shape the next generation. Those who stand in our community many times take darts and barbs, but they do it for the most part for the purpose and with the intention of leaving behind a better community, a better world. And so I want to say a special thank you to all of those that work in the labor in those areas because we would understand, as the poem said, that you're doing something sacrificial beyond what you would necessarily need to do, but you're doing it to make life and this world a little bit better for the next generation. Now, I want to say thank you for that, and I want to say that God recognizes that. And for all of us, we should be thankful for those who have made a very genuine impact in our lives and have helped us in a very significant way. Now, I want to say that not only to participate, but real quick, the Bible calls us then in this verse to pray, to pray. So it tells us in verse number seven, it says, And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captive. Verse number seven, Jeremiah 29, verse number seven, look what it says, and pray and pray unto the Lord for it. Now listen, all of us in here could do something more than pray, but let me assure you that it begins with prayer. Because we understand that the great God of heaven is the one who gave to us all these different institutions. It's God that gave to us the family and the home. Obviously the parents have a responsibility in teaching their children but thank God that God raises up others that help us in that process also. So for all of those that teach, boys and girls and teenagers, uh, and that for all of us who teach them, we are in turn then trying to help through imparting knowledge and information and through imparting character, we're trying to help to strengthen the family and to strengthen the home for the next generations to come after this. We understand that God has set forth and ordained his church. I will build my church. We understand that pastors and preachers, evangelists and missionaries are all doing the work of God so that the word of God and the work of God can go forward. Churches can continue to be there. And not only that, but that people can continue to hear the word of God and be taught and be trained up in the ways of the Lord. We know that God also has ordained then civil government. And God desires then for there to be leaders in that government that will help towards us having a quiet and a peaceable life. And we're thankful for that. In fact, it tells us in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1 and 2, in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 and 2, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings... And for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And so God then has called us to pray. And he's called us to pray, let's say specifically or primarily for authorities. And those authorities then are laboring in the Lord's work to help for us to be able to have strong, a stronger life in these key areas. 
to have stronger homes and stronger education, to be able to have stronger churches that are preaching the word of God, and then to be able to have stronger communities because the leaders that we have are saved, spiritual men and women who pray and seek the face of God for God's leadership and direction. I said to you as we started out, we have a Bible study now for all these years with the mayor, and the mayor's given this testimony both to me and also to the men uh, that are a part of this Bible study that he starts out every day praying and asking God for wisdom and direction as he makes the choices that affect our everyday life here in Rio Rancho. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful for that. I'm really thankful for someone who seeks the face of God and asks for God's wisdom. Why would we do that? Because God is all-powerful. Why would we do that? Because God created us. Why would we ask for God's direction? Because only God knows tomorrow today. We don't know that. We may pretend like we do, but we don't. But God does. And I want you to understand then that we need God's wisdom and direction in our families and homes and in our political life and certainly in the Lord's local church. Here's the last word, and write this down, and that is peace. So we have participation, and then we have pray, prayer, that we must be serious and dedicated about this. But we also then have this promise of peace, and it is truly an amazing, amazing promise. It says again in verse 7, seek the peace. Seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray unto the Lord for it. And here's what it says, for in the peace thereof, in the peace of our city shall you have peace also. Because what happens in this city affects our everyday life, either in a positive way or in a negative way. And so God promises them, if you will, believer, born-again believer, if you'll participate in daily life, if you'll plug in, if you'll participate in what's happening all around you, don't just sit back and complain, but participate and do something about it. Do something to make a difference. Do something then to, uh, to, to take a stand and to have a cause. Listen, there are many different politicians that are not saved and maybe they're very, very self-willed or very self-motivated. Maybe they're going in a direction that is contrary to the word of God. But I want to promise you there are many uh, politicians at the same time that are saved and genuinely seek God's leadership in their life. Now listen, there's a difference in leadership. Listen to this statement. And we have a responsibility before God to stand with those who are trying to do right. Amen, preacher. Now, I know you want to just stick your head in the sand, pretend like it's all bad, and so you have nothing to do. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be easier? Wouldn't that be more comfortable? Yet I want to promise you that one of the reasons we're in the mess that we are today is because Christians have withdrawn from public life. Christians have withdrawn from public life. You go back decades ago, and there's a survey that said that Christians who attended church regularly voted less often than those who were not in church. That is pitiful and disgraceful. What that means is born-again believers who know the word of God and know the truth of God are not involved in the selection of leaders who will have an effect on our everyday life. Now, if born-again believers are not primarily selecting our leaders, then who is selecting our leaders? Well, it's all just a mess. Well, maybe we, as they say in Georgia, maybe we treat the raccoon, amen? Maybe we figured out why it's more of a mess. 
Because born-again believers who know the word of God are not praying and laboring for the peace of our city. Because if our city has peace, then God will be able to bless our lives also. Now listen, I don't know you, I'm not asking for any, I'm not asking for any pat on the back at all. But let me just say, let me just say that the Bible study that we've had week after week after week for years has made a difference in our daily lives in this city. But it could happen all over the place. Amen? Could happen all over the place. And Christians could actually, point number one, participate. And Christians could, number two, I got three fingers up, number two, they could pray. And then Christians, number three, could genuinely seek the peace of our city because in the peace of our city, we have blessings also. So listen. Here's what we do. Write this down. We seek then for the peace of our city, for the blessing of God. Listen, Christians are not the ones that are creating fights and divisions. In Matthew 10 and verse number 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpent, but harmless as doves. The Bible tells us in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. We're not the ones that are trying to make divisions and divide, but we are the ones that are seeking the blessing and the peace of God upon our lives. And so we have peace for our city, and then in turn with peace in our city, we can have blessings, blessings on our city. Now listen, listen to me. If we were to give you a sheet of paper, if we were to give you a little ballot when you came in, before you heard anything about this message, if we were to give you a little ballot or a piece of paper when you came in that says, do you want your city to be a lawful law and order city or do you want it to be a crime-ridden city? The vote better be 100%. If there's anyone here that said, I want a crime-ridden city, then you just need your head examined, right? Now listen, listen to me now, listen. We want the peace of God on our city. We want the blessings of God on our city. We're not always willing to do what it takes to get that. Amen, preacher. We're not always willing to do what it takes to get that. Amen. I was doing an interview. They asked me to do an interview. It was for political purposes. And there's a testimony that our church has some influences on, you know, uh, the politics or on the operation of our city and our state in that. And so someone was interviewing me, asked the question, how have you made that kind of an impact? And here's what I said. This is part of it. This isn't the whole thing, but this is part of it. When you understand that it's God's will, then you, listen to me now, then you step into it and not run away from it. That's what we're saying. You step into it. You step into it. I am not going to stick my head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't matter. It does matter. And God needs his born-again, moral, Christ-honoring people to be making a difference in our daily lives. Thank you, preacher, for saying that. So we need to participate. We need to pray. And we need to seek the peace of God. Because with that comes manifold blessings, period. Amen? Now listen, we're on a pilgrim's journey. We're going to heaven. Thank God for that. There is a sweet by and by. But right now we live in the nasty now and now. Amen? And I want to say we need God. We need God. But who knows that? Who's going to bring that with them? Christians. Amen? Who's going to bring God into whatever business we do? 
Christians. That means then we need Christians to participate. What, what, this whole thing is so big. It's crazy. What do we do? Listen, we step into it. We don't run away from it. We step into it. God will open doors, but we step into it. It's going to take a little bit of time, going to take a little bit of sacrifice. But do you realize that we were riding today on the coattails of good men and women who made sacrifices in the past? And we are riding on their coattails. And thank God for that. Thank God for all the preachers that went before and preached Jesus Christ and preached the way of salvation and heralded and, and, and was busy and worked hard at the work that God had called them to do. Thank God for those that stood in the civil sense to make a difference in the community that we enjoy today. Thank God for those who sacrificially have taught day after day the generations of past that bring us to where we are today to be able to have peace and blessings on our daily lives. And we're thankful for that, amen? We're thankful for that. Listen, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. And all over now, God will speak to our hearts. There's some here that's not saved. You don't know for sure that you'd go to heaven if you were to die today. You don't know that you'd go to heaven. Today needs to be for you that day of salvation. Listen, I'm just, I'm just speaking from my heart. I'm just pleading with you. If you don't know that you're saved, today, today needs to be that day of salvation. All over now, God is speaking to our hearts all over now. Now, I want to say that we'll have someone or deacons do this and help in this and someone that will show you from the Bible how you can know that you're saved and go into heaven. You come and you respond if you would all over. You come. Hi, this is Brent Lenentine. And before we go, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It is our prayer that today's message has encouraged and helped you. If you have any questions about how to be saved or your Christian walk, we would love to connect with you. Please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. If you live in the greater Albuquerque area and don't have a church home, we hope that you'll visit with us soon at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho. And if you do have a church home, then I pray that you are able to attend there. Every person needs to be faithful and accountable in a local church where they can grow and serve. This podcast is a supplement to your spiritual growth and let it encourage you to be more for Christ. Again, our website is gospellightbaptist.org. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are listening for the first time, we believe the most important decision you could ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal way. To find out more about that, please visit gospellightbaptist.org slash Jesus. If you are a regular listener, we want to thank you for your time, and we would ask that you subscribe to this podcast, and also take a moment to share it with others on social media. Until next time, may God richly bless you.